this morning about teaching young people that sex is a gift worth waiting for. We'll continue with that coming up next hour. We've got birthdays and anniversaries as well. Plus, on the way, it's Dr. Christopher Manuel and the Restoring Faith broadcast. You don't want to miss that right here on KAYT KQJO FM. You're listening to KAYT, 88.1 FM, Gina, Alexandria, 98.9 FM, Monroe, West Monroe, 92.5 FM, Shreveport, Greenwood, 100.1 FM, Lake Charles, and KQJO, 99.3 FM, St. Joseph, Louisiana, Natchez, Mississippi. Praise the Lord, everybody. This is the Restoring Faith broadcast, and I am Dr. Christopher Manuel, pastor of the Smyrna, Maranatha, and Natchitoches First Seventh-day Adventist Churches here in Alexandria and Natchitoches, Louisiana. We desire to present the gospel of Jesus Christ to a dying world in the final moments of Earth's history. And now, today's broadcast. And just for a few moments, we're going to be in the 13th verse through the 17th. If I'm reading from the King James Version, if you have it, you know it, say, I got the word. All right, let's read together. It says, when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? And they said, some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, and or one of the prophets. He said unto them, but whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ the son of the living God. Jesus answered and said unto him, Thou art, blessed art thou art, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father, which is in heaven. I would like to put a tag upon the message and entitle it, A Believer's Response to a True Rumor. A Believer's Response to a True Rumor. You may be seated even in the presence of the Lord. A believer's response to a true rumor. In 1991, an elaborate rumor circled the African-American community. The rumor was that a brand of soda, Tropical Fantasy Soda Pop, was made by the Ku Klux Klan. Not only that, but the soda was made with a special formula that made black men sterile. Of course, it was just a rumor and one that turned out to be false. Nevertheless, sales of this soda dropped by 70% following the rumor, and people even began attacking the company's delivery trucks. How do rumors like this spread, and how can they become so powerful that they prompt action even when there's no merit to claim? In the social psychology community, T.L. Kern's book, The Psychology of Rumors, she said there are six reasons why rumors spread. And for the sake of time, I would like to just focus upon one that deals with the sermon. She says, people spread rumors when there's uncertainty. It's when we don't already have a firm grasp on how or why things are happening in the world that rumors start to spread. Are you, are you with me today? If you can imagine being in middle school again, imagine what would happen if one day out of the blue, one of your classmates stopped attending school? There's a ton of uncertainty there, so people would probably develop and spread rumors as a way to get a handle on what happened. 
In fact, there was. There was a, there was a field experiment that went on that the, the researchers strategically withdrew a student from grade school class without anybody's explanation. Not uh, unsurprisingly, rumors started to fly as students tried to make sense of the situation. Hence, even in our generation, are you with me, Maranon? Even in our generation, spreading rumors are still a part of the workplace. Spreading rumors are still a part of the beauty shops. Spreading rumors are still a part of Walmarts. And the worst place that rumors can be spread is the church. If you sit long enough, you'll probably hear someone clearing their throat to signal you to be quiet because the one in whom they're passing the business about just came through the door for Sabbath service. If you've heard something on the job through the workplace that something happened on the job and somebody else is receiving a pink slip, somebody gonna be bumping their gums. You were informed probably the last thing that happened at the beauty shop that now old girl talking to two different dudes. Yeah. Rumor meal. You just got word on something that happened a couple of months ago of an incident that happened at the church, but uh-oh, somebody sent the wrong group text to the right person during church service. <laughs> just like rumors get started and have some heavy meat to distribute or rumors get circulated or somehow the wind disperses, we oftentimes get caught up in the rumor meal gossip that goes on in circles today. In our text here, Jesus warns the disciples about the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They even tried to trap him to perform a miracle for them to demonstrate to them that God had approved of him. Are you with me today, Mary? If you look briefly, just in a paraphrase of verses 2 through 4 of the 16th chapter of Matthew to discover Jesus replies, he says, you are all meteorologists, y'all weathermen and women, and you've given descriptions on the forecast of the day, and somehow you know what the morning is gonna bring as well. You even presume what the weather is gonna be like by looking at the sky, and you find it easy to predict the forecast, but why is it you can't even recognize the signs of the times? How evil and godless is this generation? And you're asking me to perform a miracle? No, the only miracle that you're gonna see is the miracle of Jonah. And then Jesus left and went his way. Here in our text where we find our story in the neighborhood of verses 13 through 17 in which Peter's response to Jesus can teach us to adhere to the manifestations of God. Yeah. Now, it asks us the question, what lessons does Peter's response teach us about God's manifestation to us? Yeah. Are you ready today? Yeah. And I believe the manifestation of God through Peter's response teaches us first the request of Jesus. Yeah. The word about it? The request of Jesus here in verse 13, he asks a question, what are people saying in the community about me? Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am, Jesus says? And we learned just previous that we learned that when rumors are spread through surface, and they're only spread through the surface because of uncertainty. I don't know what's going to happen, but did you hear? I ain't one to gossip, and you ain't heard it from me. But I heard. You know how we fix it. And even, you know, the best time that we, we spread rumors is when we had these in our face. 
We don't have to say nothing, Sister Jackson. We just text it. Asking questions. I say it like us, asking questions. Uh-huh. See, sometimes in the community, they have a piece of the puzzle, only parts of the details or half the facts, but not the whole story. The boys here were coming into the new city, and Jesus displayed his humanity to them, even though he already knew. However, curiosity was on his menu for them that day. Because remember, when, when there was a request of Jesus, he's asking them, what are the people saying about him? Are you with me today? Accordingly, he sought guidance and opening to them these unwelcome thoughts and prayed that they might be prepared to receive what he had to tell them. Jesus opened the discussion of his coming passion by directing the thoughts of his disciples to himself as the Messiah. And you know us, the majority of the time, we want to just miss Jesus' request of us. And the reason why we want to miss his request of us is because we think he's going to have something to do with our living. We don't want him to infringe on how we're living because we're living our best life. We don't want nobody to end. Now, not you. Now, not today, Jesus. Maybe next week because we got something. Me and uh, him and her got something to do. No, no, I've got a meeting with the liquor store. Some of my friends got some of that funny grass that grows in a different place, you know, that make you happy even if it's prescribed to you. Y'all ain't going to hear me today. Mm -hmm. so we, we think God is going to take the quality of our life away if we add too much Jesus to him in 2020. No, no, I can't do that. I'm, and I'll be acting, Sister Weaver, I'm, I'll be acting too sanctified because I don't want him looking in this part of the venue of what I really want to do. So I will just come socialize at church. I'm not going to come worship. But guess what? That's what God wants to do anyway. He wants to come and intercept all of what you're really thinking so he can save your behind. You can't live your best life the best way that you want to. Because if you live your best life according to your understanding, you'll wind up going to hell. Mm -hmm. With gasoline draws on. And some good Donna Karen and some good uh, 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 what they call it, a uh, kid of coal on. Smelling good going to hell. That's not a good place. That's a good sermon for you, DJ. Smelling good going to hell. <laughs> we can't do that because there's too much at stake. When we realize that, brothers and sisters, however, one most important aspect of the request of Jesus in the text is that the, re that the disciples recognize, they recognize Jesus as the Messiah before they could in any way appreciate the meaning of the sacrifice of Calvary. Yeah. Can I unpack that just a little bit for you? They had to recognize him as Savior. They had to recognize him not as teacher, but as one who could save their life from death, from despondency, from hurt. They had to recognize him as Messiah before they could recognize him as anything else. At times, his request for us is to get our attention to look to him as the Messiah, to look to him as the anointed one, to look to him as the only one who could cure anything. All we have to do is ask. He made it plain to us in Matthew 7. He said, ask, and it shall be given. He says to seek, and you'll find. All you have to do is knock, and
and the doors will become open for you. You mean to tell me it's just that easy? Yes. All you have to do is know how to access Jesus. All you got to, well, how do you access Jesus when you feel as if you don't have no power? All you got to say, Father, in the name of Jesus, just call upon his name. Don't do it as an act because you won't win an Academy Award just for calling on his name. You're not going to do that. We need to stop acting like computer Christians. Do you know what a computer Christian is? We show up because we're on program. God doesn't want you to act like a computer Christian. We can't allow a request of Christ to cause us to become alarmed of where we are in the seasons of our journey. Just because he asks you where you are, don't you get sidetracked when your friends around when Jesus is talking to you. You're trying to act a different way or you're acting bougie now. You wouldn't like this when you were on your face needing help to pay the rent. Ooh, I just hit something right there. You wouldn't like this when you were acting like this needing help to pay the car note. Are you listening to me today? Since he's our captain, he could call for, watch this, a relationship inventory inspection. Man, you need to be writing that one down. You might not get that back. A relationship inventory inspection. He can call for one of those at any time. Well, I know what you're going on in your mind saying, Maranatha. Well, what does that mean? That means Jesus has a right to check to see if we are all right with him on this journey. Why? Because the life which we now live in the flesh, we live by the faith of the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. And so by right, the request of Jesus, you know what he's doing? He's just checking in. Yeah, that's indeed. He's just checking in to see if everything is all right, see if it's okay with you, that he sit with you today, that he be by you today. Well, not only do I believe that the manifestation of God through Peter's response teach us about the request of Jesus, but you see here in verse 14, it also teaches us the rumors about Jesus. The disciples said, well, some say you're John the Baptist. Some say that you're Elijah. He says, and others say that you're Jeremiah, and some folks say that you're just one of the prophets. The disciples were a bit reserved, unsure, if you will, about whom Jesus was, even while he was among them. They had been traveling, Elder Howard, just for a little bit, about two years with Jesus, and they saw some stuff. But they didn't quite understand the stuff that they saw while he was with them. Are you with me today? So they, they thought perhaps that Jesus was fishing around for information around the community and trying to find out through them on what the people were saying about him. Are we together? So this text mentions specific names of Bible characters.